Hi guys, today we are joined by Our Future of Change, in which they are a youth-led chapter of Her Future Coalition. And basically what they do is they unite, unite students into um, fighting against human trafficking. So today our, we're going to be doing our project, We Rise for Our Voice, in which we create these video interviews and educational um, videos as well. And we will be posting them on our Spotify, YouTube, and just so many more um, other platforms. And basically we interview survivors, organizations, and just so many more other people. Okay, so thank you so much for being here today with us. Um, the first interview question we have for you is, what is this organization and what made you want to start it? So Our Future of Change is an organization that focuses on providing students with resources to get involved in anti-trafficking activism. We are the youth-led chapter of Her Future Coalition, which focuses on providing human trafficking survivors with education, employment, and shelter. So we really got involved with this because we were in our school club that was a Her Future club. And um, Her Future club was started by some of um, the previous seniors at our school. And when we joined it, we just got so involved. We loved the organization. We really had an eye-opening moment when we realized that there is something that we can do to prevent human trafficking, which is something that before I joined the club, I did not know. So we were so involved, but when COVID-19 happened, we just realized that we didn't have the same sense of community and we really couldn't have fundraisers anymore. So we decided that we would start our own organization that would focus on providing students with resources, just because we noticed that there really weren't any other organizations out there that did this for students. Yeah, that's really great that you did that with COVID. Um, what were the hardships of starting this organization? Lauren and I have never really worked on this large scale before. We've been participating in our school club since our freshman year, but of course that's only like 15 students in a classroom meeting once a week during lunch. We had never really had experience expanding any of our activism efforts onto a more professional scale. So I think there was definitely a really um, big learning curve when we first started. I, and I always think of as an example, our Instagram posts we used to make using Google Slides. We didn't really know things like Canva or, or Adobe Spark existed to help us start this. So I think just learning how to use social media to reach out to people, using learning how to organize volunteers, um, reaching out to people, being communicative through email and all of these other platforms like Slack and Instagram DMs. I think that was something that we didn't have a lot of exposure to beforehand. So it was definitely a huge point of growth for us in starting this. Um, and I'd also like to say too, just how, since we were starting it from the beginning, um, it was definitely, we had no idea what to expect from, um, from students. We had no idea the reaction to expect. So by now we thought we'd have like maybe 40 ambassadors and Abigail was saying like, oh, by like September, let's try to have a hundred. And I was like, oh, Abigail, there's no way. Like, I don't want to set our goal too high. And now we have, I think it's right around 250 ambassadors and we've done this over about two two or three months so um it's definitely been difficult just like not knowing what to expect and then growing so much faster than anticipated and putting in the time and effort um it's well worth it but it's definitely a lot of work too yeah 200 ambassadors that's amazing 
Um, if you could like go back in time and give yourself a piece of advice before starting this organization, what would it be? I think honestly, for me at least, and Lauren can share hers, I think just figuring out an organization system for specifically time management, I think that would be most our most important thing. Lauren and I stepping into this, I don't think we anticipated how much time it would actually take just because like Lauren was saying, we didn't know what to expect. It was just kind of an ambitious idea. We didn't really know how far it would go. And at this point, I think it is a really huge undertaking. Of course, it's really rewarding and we love being a part of this program, but I think just if I were to go back and before I started this, I would just tell myself, make sure you're taking some time for yourself. And I would tell that to Lauren too, because she's such a hardworking person. Um, so I think that's what I would say. Um, and I would say to um, believe in yourself and believe in your mission. Um, so I was always really passionate about this. And I know Abigail was too about our mission. We really believed in it. But I think um, sometimes we didn't believe how far it could actually go. I know for me, I was like, oh, there's no way I'll actually be that successful or anything like that. And I think that was something for me that was really important is just getting to the point where I believed like this is a real organization. We're not just students who are just having a little club anymore. It's more than that. We're actually bringing in money and actually affecting lives. And I think getting past that idea that since we're young, we can't do anything is something that was really important to um, helping me properly run. You mentioned that you have ambassadors. What do your ambassadors do like for Area of Future Change? Yeah, so we divide our ambassadors into four committees and a club president program so they can join a news virtual event planning outreach or design committee, just depending on their interests, whatever they're passionate about. Our news committee writes articles for our blog page, but now is also getting involved in more broadcasting efforts. We're hoping to start a YouTube channel, potentially even a podcast like this one, which by the way, your project is amazing. Um, our design committee helps design the post for our Instagram, is currently working on designing a handbook for ambassadors and club presidents. Our virtual events planning committee just helps us to coordinate, um, plan events, figure out all of the logistical information, how things are going to work. And then our outreach committee helps us to get publicity, works on Instagram shoutouts so that we can continue to recruit ambassadors. And then our club president program, which we're really excited about, is how students can get involved and start in our Future of Change club at their school. I think we have about around 30 starting this upcoming fall, which we're super excited about because those club programs are going to be doing a lot of fundraising on a more local scale, which will go to supporting the shelters in India, Kolkata. Um, so it'll be really exciting. And something too that we really promote among ambassadors is really just making sure you educate your community. Even if this is just sharing on your own personal social media platform, like sharing about our organization or sharing our mission, anything like that, um, posting is always helpful to just really promote our cause, but also just educate your community. There's so many communities that either don't talk about trafficking whatsoever, or they just don't realize there's anything they can do to prevent it. And this is really one of our goals is we want to change this mindset. So we really encourage ambassadors to share it within their communities, to plan events as of now, just virtual, but once COVID isn't as 
um, as much of a danger. It'll likely be more in-person events as well. And we also really encourage that ambassadors, well, one other thing is that we have um, ambassador meetings bi-weekly and these are with the entire group. And we um, just do these to kind of tell them about reminders, anything like that. And we're also appointing our regional directors. So ambassadors will have a regional director to ask for advice, ask for with questions, anything like that. So uh, at the time when you were building up your organization, did you ever have this like feeling like, wow, we're actually making so much impact and we just started like our organization? Yeah, I think there are definitely a lot of really emotional moments when even just in the first week, I think back to when we received our first ambassador application, it was just I don't know. I think we had this idea for what we wanted it to be, but like Lauren was saying, we didn't really have any kind of foresight as to what it would become. So even in just receiving, I would say the first five, I think I would just like start crying, just happy tears, because I felt like this is someone that I didn't know who was inspired by something that we were trying to start and who was trusting us enough to take initiative and make take action in their communities, um, which was really inspiring to me. But I think if I were to draw one specific moment, it would probably be at our first virtual event, which was only a couple of weeks ago, um, but the founder of Her Future Coalition was able to come. And so she was basically, I feel like just watching her watch us was something really impactful because Lauren and I for a long time have been attending the Her Future Coalition virtual events and always FaceTiming after saying, oh my gosh, we're so inspired. That's who we want to be someday. We want to be just like Sarah Simmons, who's the founder. And for her to be there watching us host our own virtual event, it was just a really special moment. And I remember just after we ended that virtual event, I just like ran downstairs and I like just started bawling because it was such it felt really impactful. And I think that was the first real moment that I actually identified like, oh my gosh, people are paying attention to what we're doing and it's making it change. And um, something I want to add on to that too is that during that virtual event, we were able to raise over a thousand dollars and it was just really inspiring to know that people are like listening, that they believe in us and that they want to donate. Um, and I think that was something that was really important for Abigail and I. And I also know that another moment that I can think back to that was really impactful for me was when I kind of, um, when we had our first article submission from an ambassador, it just made me realize like ambassadors do have ways to get involved and it was just so like for a while the ambassadors didn't have as much to do because we were just starting the organization we didn't even know really what they were supposed to do like we had these committees formed but we were still like how do they fit into this and then once we got that article it kind of just made me realize like we can do this and we'll do it together and now we're hearing students voices and their views on trafficking or anything about that and they're doing the research and they're teaching Abigail and I through their own articles too and I think this was something that was so amazing for me because Abigail and I always say like we're still learning and we're we still have so much to learn about trafficking and to know that we can learn from ambassadors and their research too is just so exciting for us. It's so great to see how far you guys have come with ambassador applications, fundraising, and just generally the impact you guys have made on people. So when you guys first started this idea, did you ever think you would reach this stage in the terms of progress? 
Definitely not. Uh, like Lauren was saying, I remember distinctly texting her this too. It was some like, I feel like it was a Saturday night or something. We had received like our fifth maybe ambassador application and I texted her, oh my gosh, our goal is going to be a hundred over the summer. And that even for us, like she texted me back, we could bring up the screenshots. She was like, no, that's crazy. We shouldn't set our goals too high. And she mentioned that story, but it is always really funny for us to think back to that. I think it's been especially fascinating to see how far social media can take a student initiative um, and I see I've seen this with so many other programs too I've learned about so many other social issues just by following some of the student pages that we've collaborated with in some way on our our future of change account so it's really impressive to me that something like Instagram can be used for such an important social cause we definitely wouldn't have been able to make it this far if we had not taken advantage of social media so that's been something really interesting for me to learn especially because I've never been someone who kind of who's tech savvy, who's Instagram savvy or anything like that. So I feel like realizing that social media, although sometimes it can have a negative connotation, can be used for such social good. That was super interesting to me. That's so great that you mentioned having those goals in the first place to grow this far. So when you mentioned goals, do you think that having that certain idea of what you wanted to accomplish is a major reason in your progress? I definitely think it's very motivating when you start with some goals, you really want to hit those goals. And we had said like, okay, we'll, we'll say a hundred's our personal goal, but we'll just tell other people 50 because we didn't want it. Cause we were like, oh gosh, there's no way we'll have that. But again, like that's about believing in yourself and that you can do it. And I think having those goals for yourself is definitely something that motivates you to keep moving forward. I know sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, I have so much work to do. I feel so overwhelmed. But then when I remember like, well, our goal is to just reach as many like places as we can. And the more places we reach, the better it will be and the more lives that will be impacted. And I know that having these goals and these reminders definitely always help us to move forward and say like what we're doing is right and what we're doing is going to help people. And it also helps um, kind of disregard any comments that we're not going to be successful or that we're not going to do well anything like that i think having those goals always helps you because then you can also say no we did reach this goal no we did achieve this and people listen okay sorry um i have a question like for when you guys have um Oh wait, I'm so sorry. I just had a um brain fart. But like when you guys sorry when you guys like first started, like how did you grow as an organization? Does that make sense? Yeah, so I think we definitely really depended upon Her Future Coalition for support. Like, I think we owe so much to them. We were able to have, I think, almost weekly meetings with Amanda and Sarah. Sarah Simmons is the founder of Her Future Coalition, and Amanda Cunningham is the development director. And so they provided us with a lot of guidance. But I think just having their support was really reassuring to us because they're people we had looked up to for so long. So I think even that gave us a lot of motivation um, but in terms of how we actually got recruited new ambassadors, we relied a lot on Instagram shout outs, like I was saying, so using social media to our advantage, which is something that was also a learning curve for us. We didn't know what shout outs were. Uh, but once we started being able to do that, I think a lot of people were able to um, see our page and take interest in it. I think something that also helped is, I, I guess for Lauren and I, we haven't really seen too many other student organizations 
that discuss human trafficking, specifically human sex trafficking. And I think this might be because it is such a daunting topic, people do consider it as an invisible issue. So that was one of the primary reasons that Lauren and I started this is because we felt that this is a conversation that needs to be had in younger communities. Um, and so because that mission was more narrow, I guess, and not many other student groups were kind of discussing it. I think that's also something that might have brought more people in because they felt it was an opportunity to learn about something that they may have not known too much about before. So that's so great. So right now we talked about your personal goals, but I kind of want to get into um, the main goal of your organization. So can you tell us a little bit about what your organization stands for and going a little depth in depth into that? Yeah, so as you we've said, we really want to provide students with resources, but beyond that, we really want to teach them that human trafficking can be prevented in as many communities as we can. And we also want to teach them the more specific ways that we can do this. So we really, so Her Future Coalition has really taught Abigail and I that the root causes of trafficking in many areas are poverty. They're all due to poverty. So it relates to a lack of employment, a lack of shelter, and a lack of education. Before I ever really learned about human trafficking, I just thought it was this scary thing where someone was kidnapped or anything like that, and that once they were rescued from it, they'd go home to their families and be perfectly fine. And I understood that, oh, sure, they'd probably need therapy or something like that, but I did not understand the extent to the opportunities that they would need to help themselves. So for example, many survivors are trafficked by their own families. Many survivors don't have education or employment or money when they come out of trafficking. They may be rescued from a brothel, but they have no opportunities to really provide themselves with a future or with a life. And I think something that Abigail and I really want to promote is that when opportunities are given to survivors, when they're given that education and when they're given employment opportunities, they are able to flourish and lead bright futures. And they are some of the happiest people if you give them these opportunities to be happy, to have a good life where they can work and have a job and not have to worry about like being on the road because or being on the street because they have no shelter. So these are really what Her Future Coalition does, is they just make sure that trafficking survivors have opportunities. They don't necessarily save these girls, they just provide them with those opportunities and then these girls and these children take advantage of those opportunities and really make their own life better themselves. And that's something that we like to promote is that trafficking survivors are really saving themselves. We're not the ones doing this act. We're not saving them. We're not saviors in any way. It's that we are just providing them with opportunities and they are taking advantage of that. And it's really powerful and they are brave and courageous. And I mean, Abigail and I have so much appreciation for the for the survivors that we help. And that's really why we promote the word survivors instead of victims, because we don't like to define trafficking survivors by their past. We rather like to define them by their future. At the end of the day, they are people just like us all. They're not different because they went through a tragic like event in their life. They are like us and they want to have a happy life too. What are the struggles that you face with the organization currently? I think something 
difficult for our type of organization is that the topic we aim to discuss is very heavy. And I think although we do try and focus on the hopeful side, like that survivors, when they're provided with those opportunities, they can reintegrate into society and they can become doctors and teachers and lawyers if they're given that education. We try and focus on their futures, but of course, when you hear the term human trafficking, people are drawn to just think of that past. Um, I think that's been definitely something difficult when we are trying to approach new people with the idea of human trafficking activism and trying to fight against it. I think people have that preconceived notion of something that they can't defeat and that any student effort to take action against it isn't really worthwhile. Um, I always think back to a time in my sophomore year when I was trying to get one of my friends to join the club at our school and I was just saying like come on it'll be so much fun and I remember he looked at me right in the eyes and said you know you're not actually making any kind of difference right and I didn't know what to say I wish I did I wish I had some eloquent comeback but I didn't um, because the problem is so many people are infected with that all-or-nothing mindset that if you're not changing an issue completely, if you're not making a complete difference in a survivor's life, then you're not actually doing anything. Um, something, though, that we think is so important is that even $10 at this organization can go such a long way. Um, we are so grateful for having this platform now and collaborating with Her Future Coalition to be able to make this kind of difference. And so something we really stand for too is just, yeah, telling students that even if you're not impacting like 4,000 people, even if you're just touching one, that's still a significant impact. But it's definitely been something difficult to talk about. I know we've received so many questions about how do you stay sensitive when talking about topics like this. And I bet We Rise Above Official, you guys have probably dealt with some similar issues like that because you talk about a very heavy issue as well. Um, so I think that's something, just kind of trying to work around people's preconceived notions about a social issue and how they can create change. I know too, aside from the actual like the struggles with the cause itself. It's also sometimes difficult with an organization of our size and with an organization that's so global is to really tell when ambassadors are actively engaged and when they're consistently working. So we've been starting to try to set up some platforms that people can use to track their time, especially for people who want volunteer hours and stuff like that. However, it's still difficult sometimes to tell like who's doing what, who's always attending meetings and all of that because we're represented in 27 countries now. Um, sometimes people can't make it to our ambassador meetings because they're in school, whereas Abigail and I are on summer vacation. Um, so some things like these are very difficult, particularly time zones are something that will always be a struggle. We have two meetings um, instead of just one every time because people live in such different time zones. We have some people who are 12 hours ahead and some people who are 12 hours behind. So um, kind of managing those time schedules, those um, just like the personal needs of every single ambassador. We want to be there for everyone, but it's kind of impossible when you have 250 people that report to you. So I know something that's help up, helped us with this is definitely delegating work, making our student board and our kind of executives who help us and who have a more personal connection with every ambassador in their team. Um, but I know that's definitely still a struggle that Abigail and I are trying to figure out is how to make sure everyone's actively engaged and participating, but also how to make sure everyone's enjoying doing the work for OFOC because at the end of the day, we want people to be passionate. We want people to feel like they're involved and to feel the same passion for our cause that we feel.
Um, another question is, um, did you ever have the thought of like giving up on your organization? So I, I think, I feel that we, I've never had the thought of totally giving up because again, this is something that both of us are really passionate about, but there have definitely been days where I've just felt like a really severe lack of motivation. I think sometimes Lauren and I get a little overly ambitious about what we can realistically handle. So we make this really extensive to-do list and then we start approaching it. And once you start, sometimes you can't stop. And then the next time you try and start working again, it can be a little bit daunting. Um, but I think, you know, especially because we are rising seniors too. So of course there's a lot of other stress with college and on top of a lot of other things, just like in our lives, I think it can be difficult to keep up that motivation and that, you know, time commitment. But at the end of the day, I always just go to bed being so grateful for having had this opportunity to do whatever I've been able to do. Um, even if you do get that like sense of lack of motivation at times, I think I always, once I start working, I do feel really empowered by what we've been able to do and really grateful that we were able to have this opportunity. Yeah, and I know sometimes too for me, sometimes I'll start working and then I'll be in a black hole where I just realize that there is so much work and I could never complete it within the day. And it's sometimes definitely a little overwhelming in that sense. But again, I also have never felt like I wanted to give up. I think sometimes with our cause, I just um, look at the people we're helping and I just say, you know, they have it a lot worse than I do. And if I can do anything to help them, then I'm going to try. Even if it doesn't impact, again, like tons of people, if I can even help one person, I will feel accomplished by the end of this. So um, I've definitely never wanted to give up, but I definitely know in the beginning, Abigail and I had a discussion about how big we want our organization to be. Did we want it to be something where we more were just vouching for her future coalition and promoting them, or did we want to have our own organization? Um, and I think these are really important discussions to have with your co-founder, or if you're your own, or if you're starting your own organization, is kind of figuring out how involved you want to be. Do you want this to be a full-time job, or do you want it to more just be something where you promote another person's cause? Um, I think Abigail and I found a really nice middle where we were able to have our own organization, but we're still a part of another one, because in this way we were able to support them, but they're also able to support us, which is a really nice um, balance. And I also recommend being a chapter of another full-blown organization that's been going for a long time, because again, having that support is amazing. Um, but yeah, overall, I've never wanted to quit, but it's definitely overwhelming at times. And I've definitely had moments where I'm like, I don't know if I can keep up these, the, these amount of hours. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I'd agree that I always kind of go go to bed, rest assured that what I'm doing is going to help some people and that I could never really stop because at the end of the day, I love what I do and I couldn't be like, now I'm even debating what my career path will be because I love so much this organization. Thank you. Um, so uh, our Future of Change is a rising youth organization and being the founder can take up a lot of time, like you just said. So how do you manage everything with like you, you guys becoming like an upcoming senior and your college apps with like all of the organization? <laughs> It's definitely a struggle. Lauren and I, we always say, okay, to this week we're going to take off days and they're just going to be a full day where we do other stuff and then we never end up doing it because we love it so much. And also 
it's it's at this point it's like I can't just go a day without doing it it just feels weird um okay for me I work nine to six a couple days a week and so at work it's kind of that that's a difficult balance too because then when I go home I either want to do OFOC stuff or sometimes I just need to work on college stuff I think that's definitely a difficult thing to balance but yeah we do try and take off days but also Lauren and I feel like have reached a point where we're very understanding if another person has like a larger commitment um, it'll just be like we'll text each other maybe a couple days in advance like say hey Monday is going to be a pretty busy day for me or hey I really need to work on my college essay today can I call you later something like that so I think that's definitely been something that's helped us a lot having that kind of support system um, just to let each other know like hey I'm so sorry I'm putting on you all this other work but we have to take breaks for ourselves sometimes definitely going to try and start implementing those break days a bit more though especially as we get further into the college application season but <laughs> it's always definitely going to be a struggle but we are trying to problem solve. I know um, having a co-founder has been absolutely vital. Like I could never have started this on my own. Um, like to anyone who founds an organization on their own, you're incredible. I don't know how you do it. Cause like, for example, I had family over this weekend and I basically took the whole weekend off and I was like, sorry, I can't, but I'm not really available. Um, so definitely kind of having that person that can take on extra work has been helpful. Having our student board has been incredible. I like, thank God we have them because they're able to do a bunch of the work to um, kind of do some of our spreadsheets for us and just help us with anything like that. And I know too, I've made this like really extensive calendar, um, which I feel like the goals are definitely unrealistic, but you know, I'll try to stick to them. So I feel like just definitely keeping organized has been really important for me. Um, kind of just in setting deadlines for myself and saying like, okay, Abigail, like I have this deadline tomorrow. I really have to hit it for my extended essay. Um, so I can't like talk to you like, or I can't do OFOC tonight. Anything like that has helped. I know I'm also using this app called Clockify, which kind of tracks my hours of doing OFOC. And it's not really for anything other than to just keep track of them and just stay organized. Cause when I time myself, I'm much more likely to stay productive rather than doing like OFOC work and also watching a TV show. Um, so I know kind of doing that has been really helpful, but definitely um, just really staying organized and tr trying to find any sort of calendar to manage your time. And also trying to get like, I know I have a couple friends who are involved in our organization. And sometimes since I know them personally, I might just ask them like, oh, are you able to do this small thing or anything like that? And having people to rely on is so important. So like when you are building up your organization from scratch, like were people willing to work and help you on building up our future of change? So it's actually kind of funny. Um, Lauren and I didn't really have a team at first. We were really hesitant actually to launch, I guess, student board positions just because we didn't really have too many people that we actually knew in real life. Um, so we didn't want to put the student board applications out too early because we didn't really, it's harder to connect with people virtually when you've never met them before. I think it's definitely been an asset to our team having some people that we do know personally, but they didn't take on a more leadership role until a bit later. So I think it was very difficult at the beginning because Lauren and I were trying to take everything on by ourselves thinking that that was a realistic thing for us to do but i think the more we've gone into it it's definitely been a really valuable lesson about 
how we need to delegate work to other people and how important it is to just gain that trust with other people in your organization. Um, so that's definitely been a great thing. You know, now we have student board directors who are leading the committee meetings and things like that, which is, it's been so exciting to watch them grow and them learn so much and them teach us so much too. Um, but it was definitely a bit of a struggle at the beginning, but looking at it now, we definitely wouldn't be able to continue the growth we have if we didn't have the support system from our ambassadors. And so I think even if, you know, maybe they weren't contributing to, I guess, the actual um, technical inside growth from of the organization, just having the ambassadors share things on their stories and tell their friends about it has been so vital to our growth. Okay, um, here is another question. Before you started our Future of Change, how many people were aware of human trafficking and do you feel like those statistics have changed as your organization progresses? Um, so for, honestly, we don't know the exact numbers for how many people were aware. I think it's kind of something that's almost impossible to measure because my whole family knew what human trafficking was and most people in my community probably knew what it was but did they really understand it i would probably think not i didn't understand it not to the fullest extent um i understand and i also really only thought that it happened in like underdeveloped countries or that you know it, it didn't happen around my area um, and this is something that we really want to change this mindset because human trafficking happens everywhere it happens in our town it happens in every town um, it's kind of impossible to completely stop it in your area because sadly this affects so many people and we want to prevent it by teaching others and if we all start to learn about it then it can be prevented but as of now I think there's so many people that may know what it is but they don't understand it they don't really teach themselves about it and without teaching themselves you like if you don't truly know about an issue this issue can never be prevented so that's something that we really want to change so we don't know the exact numbers of who knew about it but one thing is that so many people I would say like most people don't really know about it. They don't understand it and they aren't educated about it. They may know what the definition is, um, but they don't know anything about where it really affects the high risk populations or how horrible it is. Um, and some of the stories we have heard have been very eye opening too. And I would definitely like to add though, I think I have heard a couple of our ambassadors say to us that our program has in some way helped them to understand better what the roots of the issue of trafficking are and how they can actively fight against them. Um, one specific thing I really remember is um, one of our ambassadors started a community club in Charlotte, North Carolina. And when we were first meeting with her just to discuss kind of her vision for the club, we had asked her, oh, what made you interested to start it? And she said, actually, prior to becoming an Our Future of Change ambassador, she didn't know how prevalent trafficking was in Charlotte, North Carolina, and she had lived there her whole life. So the fact that our program could inspire her to just learn more about this global issue, specifically in her community, and take action to fight against it, um, that was something that, that was another really emotional moment for me. And it's cool, too, because at this point, I think her club has, like, 40 members, which is so impressive. Um, so it's cool too that then she was able to take what she learned and educate 40 other people in her area about it. 
Yeah, and she started about like a week ago, I think. And this is kind of our vision with a lot of like clubs is that we may have like 200 ambassadors, but our hope is that they can educate anywhere between like 20 to 200 people in their communities. And that's really how we think we can make large changes by having one person from so many different communities, but then they each educate their area, their school. Yeah, I definitely agree. There's um, there's definitely a stigma around human trafficking and it's great that your organization is helping to like break that and educate people. Um, but that's all the questions we have today. So uh, thank you so much for coming. Um, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having us. This was so much fun. Um, you girls are amazing and we love the work that you do too. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm.